what we started doing is um, establishing what we call the uh, what do we call it? Um, it's election committee. I don't know what the what the proper term is in English, but uh, it's the body that guides all the activities regarding the elections. And when you think when you think about uh, presidential campaign, for example, there are always two key people. One doing the logistics, how to get to the um, to the voters, to the people. What's the best method via email, mail, text, knocking on the door, phone call, letter, um, donations, getting out to vote, all the logistics of getting the message to the right people. Uh, getting the message of the importance to vote, making sure they vote for you, making sure you go out and vote. The other aspect of it is the message, right? What is the right message in what key markets? And um, so that's what we established. Mm -hmm. uh, the, uh, the committee, the body, that the team that includes on the... Um, on the leadership side, originally it was 35 people, then we reduced it to 23, 24, 25. And of course, you do, and that's at the platform level, and then you go down to the, to the level of the regions, the cities, and so on. And it's a major accomplishment or major challenge because that is, in, especially in Bosnia and Herzegovina, this body, this team, these people, have to make sure that not only that you get the votes, but that you protect the votes. Because when they count the votes is when they steal most of those votes that are yours, but they would like them to be theirs. Um, it is good that this time we have more resources than before in terms of the person who is guiding us with uh, campaign messaging and the PR and the political marketing relationship with the media. She's also and her team are part of this election committee team. Uh, so that is a set of activities that we just got in, in, in place. Of course, we are late with it. This is something that we should have had a couple of months ago, but it is what it is. Uh, it, interestingly enough, for the local elections in, the 20, in 2020, we had that in place earlier, but then the processes that are put in place were not followed by the local organizations and therefore we had to scrap the process and reestablish the new one that proved to be not so good. Uh, this Sunday, this Sunday actually um, 10, two weeks ago, uh, 10 days ago, I, um, we started, I don't know, was it the second session? We will continue. Sorry, we did the uh, Facebook Live, right? That we do now every other week. Had a guest. Uh, this guest was 
uh, used to be brigadier in the U in the Bosnian uh, Bosnia Herzegovina army. A person I don't know is a level of colonel or no, actually no, it's below colonel. But somebody who is now a professor has a doctorate is at the university and is dealing with the issue of national security. And uh, I wanted to talk to him because that is the question number one I get, and I already talked about it. When I walk the streets of Bosnia and Herzegovina, professor, will there be another war in Bosnia and Herzegovina? People are afraid, scared, especially now, uh, especially because of Ukraine situation in Ukraine, thinking that Mr. Putin and Russia but they have other uh, plans for the Western Balkans, including Bosnia and Herzegovina, that they never join EU, that they never join the NATO, that they are under the Russian influence, that through Bosnia they have access to the warm sea and Adriatic Sea, and so on and so on. Um, of course, the L4, uh, European Union force, uh, added 500 soldiers to the contingent of 600 that they had uh, as leftover from the previous activities here, which doubling their force, which was uh, to them a sign of the a sign of support of the European Union um, to the integrity, territorial integrity, and sovereignty of Bosnia and Herzegovina. To some people in Bosnia and Herzegovina, that was the message that. Something is cooking, and it's not pretty. Um, this is now what three weeks of the Russian aggression against Ukraine, and the situation in, in, in Bosnia Herzegovina, in the political sense, is getting getting back to that crooked normal, when the politicians, local politicians, who were so quiet during the first week or ten days of the Russian. Uh, invasion of Ukraine, trying to get their gears back. Now they they figure out how to go back to that usually usual rhetoric and, and talk about the disintegration of Bosnia electoral law and European Commission representatives are here again to talk to the same politician politicians about the same issues in the same way. And while we were hoping that the events in Ukraine will tell Europe that their approach thus far was really ineffective and that Bosnia and Herzegovina should be admitted on a fast track, using the fast track into the EU, much like what seems to be happening with Ukraine, the message from the Brussels, the higher opinion in Parliament is Nope, you have your own path. Very unfortunate, very unfortunate, very uh, foolish, I would say, very expensive for the European Union. It is easier to accept Bosnia and Herzegovina and spend money to make it up to par when it comes to European standards. Then go to another war within Europe and then have the financial consequences of that, which would be much, 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 much higher. Anyway, so uh, he was the guest 
and it was well attended that uh, Facebook Live it was well attended and uh, uh, many 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 questions uh, but he was a superb um, guest when it comes to to that this couple of week uh, saw me traveling uh, sometimes we had uh, I had uh, zoom meetings to help various regions or, or municipalities sort out their issues logistical organizational issues within platform for progress but then most of the time I was really trying to to travel and to see people and to be seen and to talk to people and learn and understand who they are what problems they have. I traveled to Shamats uh, in the north of uh, Bosnia and Herzegovina uh, where there's a, a lot of Bosnian Croat population and we have a partner in the coalition uh, Posavska Stranka. That part, part of Bosnia is called Posavina. So this was Posavska Stranka. The, the party, Stranka is party, Posavska party, party of the of people who live in Posavina. Uh, that region of Bosnia. After that, I went to Gradačac, Gradačac and talked to some uh, citizens, and that was that was really wonderful. Um, there are, interestingly enough, there are many people here who are visiting Bosnia from diaspora and have many, many conversations. I'm so glad to see uh, diaspora getting more and more engaged and involved. Uh, we had several conversations, meetings with uh, other members of the coalition, the country. Uh, we are developing, we are developing better understanding of each other, better uh, establishing processes. We are resolving issues. Uh, and one issue is really how to approach this election. Do we really have just one list? for all the levels of government, or is it mathematically better to have at some level, like, like the canton level, in some cantons at least, that the parties can have separate lists, which can be good where there is a potential partner they would like to another party that is doing well would like to join a joint list with platform for progress but not with other parties within the coalition but there are no meaningful there is no meaningful presence of the other parties within the coalition so why would they if they don't have meaningful presence in the canton why would they prevent us and therefore themselves the coalition gain more representatives in that canton if we can do it jointly with another successful party. So that's what we are thinking of right now, how to go to the, how to approach this general election in October of 2022 in terms of forming the lists. And uh, that is going to be in addition to uh, the funding will be uh, some of the key issues because that also determines how many positions we have 
which on the lists, which is important to our members. <laughs> they are, they are, many of them are interested of how many places are there. There's about 500 if you are by yourself. But if you're a member of the coalition, it's 500 for everybody. So how many is it for one of the parties? Very, very interesting. Um, getting more and more volunteers who are getting here trying to help. Uh, yesterday we had the press conference announcing our um, take on the agriculture, what it is, what needs to be done. It, it's very important now because, because, because uh, due to the war in Ukraine, there is a sudden spike in oil prices, gasoline prices, diesel prices, as you know, same thing in the United States, but we are more vulnerable when it comes to oil um, coming from Russia gas. Uh, many many of items like food or milk or flour or oil, the prices went up, which is really the, the basic of food items that anybody should have access to, uh, which is in the situation where some where the minimal uh, pension in, in, in Bosnia is somewhere around 200 north of little north of 200 dollars uh, the, the minimal pension is it's really hard to believe how can anybody sustain herself or himself uh, with 350k which is roughly about 210 $20 um, so people are suffering there is a there is a, a proposal or there's a legislature that was drafted by the opposition parties in the Bosnia Herzegovinian Parliament that would reduce the taxes or on the food items that are like milk and bread and basic necessities they would reduce the the taxes from 17% down to 5%, I believe. Uh, one, that was one example, one recommendation. But they, uh, there was also another recommendation that the taxes levied on the sales of gas, gasoline, of gasoline and, and oil, uh, of gasoline, right? The, um, which was about 30% that was supposed to be used for um, building highways. Uh, that to stop that temporarily for six months so that the price of gasoline would go down by the same amount to alleviate this increase that happened during, uh, due to the conflict in Ukraine or the, the war in Ukraine, uh, which was stopped and which was stopped due to political bickering um, between the parties in the parliament. Y yet another sign that nobody cares about the citizens and their needs and their well-being. So, uh, 
Yesterday we had, um, I'm starting a series of, of forums, or, or um, not forum, it's uh, town hall meetings. Yesterday it was on economy, because of the situation today, economy situation. Uh, that's what I, um, what I intended to do, to put it, to put this spotlight on the question of of the uh, of economy and why it is that we have to start thinking about that and move away from nationalism and, and fear and hatred and really few politicians using that as a reason to get rich. Okay. It was uh, well attended. I had uh, six guests, uh, three from Republika Srpska and entered and the other, uh, the other three from Federation. Unfortunately, one from Republika Srpska couldn't come. Uh, the person who owns Lanako, uh, one of the largest, if not the largest, IT firm in Republika Srpska. I had a guest who is an analyst, economist, but analyst uh, often appears on TV, especially within RS, Republika Srpska, or RS. He was uh, there. Um, Zoran Pavlovich, right? And then Ninic, Nebuša Ninic is the one who couldn't show up because he had other obligations that was unexpectedly, that happened unexpectedly. Then Yusuf Arifagic, who is the vice president and platform for progress, um, who owns the farm, the largest farm in um, dairy farm in Republika Srpska from the uh, uh, town close to Banja Luka from Kozarac. He was on the panel um, covering agri agriculture. Uh, we had uh, Mr. Yusuf Durakovic, who is the uh, president of the University of Zenita, but also a businessman owns a company dealing with uh, processing of, of steel, something like that. And he was talking about steel industry. Uh, there was Yasmina Nomanovic uh, Stepanovic, who is our vice president as well, who is the, has two companies. One is related to robots, the other one is uh, a bar, a restaurant. And she was talking about the economy from the perspective of uh, a small business owner. And um, we had a Mehmet Polimats, who is the owner of Polimats company, and they are consulting consultants in the field of energy. So um, unfortunately, they didn't have the IT, but the original idea was to have the IT, and then we had the energy uh, metal industry or, or steel industry, um, agriculture, education. Um, Analyst, and we had an analyst uh, who can who can talk about any and all of those issues. Um, I the next town hall meetings that I um, am envisioning that are focused on certain aspects of the social life, political life, economic life, uh, will be to related to in, uh, education, 
than one to judicial aspect, the legal aspect of the of the country. Why it is that our um, that this is not a country of law. Uh, and the, the last one would be related to the, the international security issues. So those are the three that I'm going to turn into our programs. Last night we heard some beautiful, beautiful statements that will give us our economic program, the, the, uh, the core of our economic program. And I thought, not just the economic program, thinking about the future of the country in a very, very meaningful way. And in, in that respect, it was really well done. We had a live, Facebook Live from that event, and it was also live, well attended, and there were people who were asking questions. So we had a chance to, to interact both with the people in the room as well as the people on, uh, who were watching Facebook Live, obviously on Facebook. Uh, the country is right now. I'm going to another town hall meeting in about an hour and a half. We'll start in Sarajevo. Uh, the one member of the coalition who is going to organize it or is organizing it. The topic is the future of Bosnia Herzegovina, and uh, some national known politicians. A couple of them will be there in addition to the members of the of the coalition that we, including myself, we will um, talk about our perspective on that issue, the future of Bosnia and Herzegovina. The situation is really interesting. We as, um, we as, um, as a party are, are doing well, learning how to be better logistically, learning how to better communicate. But we are finding our gear, our positioning. People are walking the streets, you, you really see a great level of support. Also learning how to make the coalition work and also trying to figure out how we can expand the coalition. Um, trying to listen to the political movement in the country, seeing is, is there, are there any attempts to, in some sense, get all of us to coordinate our activities, which is really needed for anything meaningful, that's anything meaningful. Um, every, a lot of things depend, a lot of things depend on the, um, this big pressure to change the electoral law, and we'll see how that will affect us, because the Croat side insists that that will be changed so that um, it's limited who can vote for the uh, representative for the uh, member of the presidency from the Croat uh, ethnic group, uh, which is going to lead to further division of rights, uh, voting rights of people in this country. Uh, also, we are under, the European Union is trying to help stop these activities. So Mr. Dodik, who is trying to dissolve the or reduce the uh, responsibilities of the country and move those rights back to the entities um, things are back to to normal here in terms of that the same actors are using the same strategies to make uh, Bosnia Herzegovina look totally and utterly dysfunctional European Union 
despite the lessons from Bosnia, from war in Bosnia and Herzegovina in 1992 and 1995, and the war in Ukraine, now, despite all of the evidence, they are deciding not to do anything here, whereas they are acting very decisively in Ukraine. Um, I tell people when they ask me whether there will be a war here or not, I said no, and I think it's going to get better because of this unfortunate experience in Ukraine. The last 24 hours I'm less hopeful because European Union is showing signs of uh, same behavior as, as they have always been exhibiting in, in the Western Balkans, as if we are lesser people to some extent. Really hard to believe, really hard to believe that there is a one set of standards for us and the other was for members of the Russian Western Pact, the the NATO counterpart on the Soviet Union side at that time, when they accepted Bulgaria and Romania and Hungary, when they clearly not ready for it. Hungary, 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 Hungary to some extent probably was, but no way that Romania or Bulgaria were ready to join in. And now when they can, using that one, one mechanism that they have, using, where they can use that to stop any potential for war here, they are refusing to do it. And really by talking to the bad guys, they are rewarding them. They are rewarding them by telling them you're relevant, you're important. Um, I'm mad as hell, I have to tell you, this is, it's unbelievable. It's irresponsible when it comes to their own citizens and their own economy and their own well-being. Everybody pays high price when there is a war somewhere in, in within this, within the continent that other countries reside on neighboring countries. Uh, conflict in Ukraine, from what I understand, the whole world, including the United States, is providing the arms to the Ukraine and armed forces, um, as they should. Those arms are paid by the countries now who are sending the arms because they cannot directly get engaged in the in the conflict, because Ukraine is not a NATO country, they all, they can give them, I guess, instructors. They can give them support, the ammunition, the the weapons. But usually, it, it, in the past, it was you have to pay for it. Here's the arm, but you have to pay for it. Now it's the countries are saying, yes, here's the arm, so we'll pay for it. I know that military industry, military complex will actually make money by producing, creating, manufacturing more weapons, but at the same time, they didn't get paid for these weapons, uh, therefore, uh, the countries have some financial loss. At the same time, all these refugees, you have to feed them and provide for all them. It takes one in four million or so, I'm hearing, Ukrainians are going to, not only to Poland, they are, they are reaching Bosnia and Herzegovina. Uh, 
refugees from from Ukraine. Somebody, some you have to feed those people, clothe them, protect them. I mean, all I cost costs uh, money and destruction. You have to then put a country back together after the war. And I mean, it's it's amazing. To me, it is always cheaper to prevent it, to prevent the war, than rebuild everything afterwards. But what can you do? That's it, as far as I can tell or recall. Um, interestingly enough, I forgot to mention it. Everybody says, "Why didn't you tell me about that town hall meeting?" Um, about the economy that happened last night. What do you mean? Well, I didn't read about it anywhere in the media. Well, tell that to the media by asking me. We sent them information about the event. It was so good. It was very good. If one of the major parties put such an event together, the media would have talked about it for days prior and the whole day after the day of and the day after about the event itself. Not a peep, nothing, nothing, as if we didn't have. Um, it's obvious. We are being blocked, or blockaded, or blocked, but we'll find a way. Thank you, that's it. Well, I know you got to just, and I've asked this before, but what purpose is being served by the EU not taking immediate action. It, it, it's almost as if they're afraid of something happening. or so. I, I don't understand. Well, there are two uh, thoughts on that. Of course, the Bosniaks, uh, Bosniaks who are Bosnian Muslims, uh, for the most part, it shouldn't be. It should be, a Bosniak should be the same term as Bosnian. But most overwhelmingly Bosniaks are Muslim. And so Bosniaks believe that Europe, Europe just doesn't want uh, what well, they appear to be a Muslim state within Europe, which is the 51% of the population is Muslim. Or Bosnia, not um, Muslim is, 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 is a religious term that you believe, or not, not every Bosniak uh, is a believer. I mean, maybe 20%, the rest are atheists, just like anybody else, but they are always be la labeled as Muslims. And so the Croats and Serbs in Bosnia are using that as, oh, they are Muslims, they are terrorists, you don't want them in Europe. And they're building arguments against them. That's what most Bosniaks believe is the reason why we are going to have such a hard time uh, being accepted in the European Union. The European Union says, well, not so, because Albania is in NATO, and they are mostly mostly Muslim, so it's not a, that's not it. Um, it is true that we are not ready. Euro, Europe has, European Union has standards, and they're expecting, they give you a candidacy standard. You, you have to get, you have to do certain reforms, you have to get up to certain standards. To be to have the candidacy status, and then in the candidacy status, do the rest tweaking or tweaking to get to a certain level, so that when you join in, you don't drag them down. 
you don't make their financial systems insecure. You don't you don't cause a problem in their uh, communications and whatever. You understand that, uh, and that is also uh, the financial system. Something that you don't if you join the European Union, you are not part immediately of the of the eurozone as a as a as a banknote as a, as a as a currency. Uh, they have to call the Schengen thingy that you have to once you are in European Union improve yourself then you join the financial aspect of it obviously that's more important than anything else uh, so they gave us the last review of Bosnia and Herzegovina indicated 14 areas in which we have to make progress do certain specific things that's all doable within 24, 12 to 24 months. The problem is that we have uh, we have politicians within Bosnia Herzegovina who don't want that to happen, Serb side mostly, and therefore they're blocking any and all of the activities on those 14 issues. You, the EU knows that that's what's happening, yet they continuously keep saying. Why don't you just discuss the issue and, and, and do it together? And we keep telling them, we won't, but they will not. They don't want that. There is no discussions. There are no discussions. There's no chance of us fulfilling that request. Why don't you accept us? So once you accept us, they must. No. So that's the, the issue. Uh, the EU has the mechanism, the high representative, the czar, who can order that being done. So they have, not only they know what needs to happen, but they also they have the mechanism for making it happen that will prevent people who don't want to happen from preventing it. They're not doing it. I, it's just double standard, the way I see it. Uh, you have the mechanism, you have the path, you have to clearly demonstrate the need, you don't want to do it, there must be something else. And I know that there are issues. Germany has always been worried about its dependency on uh, oil and gas from Russia, 30%, 40% of their needs are being filled by those resources from Russia. Russia is influencing Serbia. Serbia is influencing Bosnia-Herzegovina. They don't want to anger Russia. There is the Muslim question. There is the Russia question. Uh, there is this standard parity question. Uh, there are alliances between France and, and Serbia. Uh, between Croatia and Germany. Croatia is preventing, is saying, yeah, Bosnia-Herzegovina should join the EU, but then doing everything they can to present Bosnia-Herzegovina as a dysfunctional country because the election law needs to be changed. It's unfair to the Croats because this one nationalist 
cannot be elected and he wants to be elected in the presidency. And there was the tweak in electoral law so that he's guaranteed member of Bosnian Herzegovina presidency. I mean, it's ridiculous. And just, if you've got a second, just in, with the town hall meetings, are you hearing any, what are some of the questions you're getting in, in this outreach? Is it, are there, is there a common theme or does it, is it based on what region you happen to be in or what city, the types of questions and concerns you're hearing? Uh, questions, they are both. The questions of um, security, safety is one. And economic safety is always it's always there regardless of where we go. How but the also the another question is how can you fight these people who are so entrenched? You cannot move you, you cannot move them. They are entrenched. They are there. They are glued to their chairs in the Senate in the in the Congress, the Parliament. But then there are others that are regional, regional economy. There are no jobs here. You see, there's nobody walk the city. The youth are gone. We don't have factories. We need factories. We used to have these three, four large factories. None of them are now. How will this town survive? When you go to the northern northwest park in Bihar, it's the refugees from Syria, from from Pakistan, Bangladesh, Afghanistan. They are there. People are in large numbers, tens of thousands. Uh, when you go to um, to uh, middle Bosnia, central, not middle, central Bosnia, what you have is the places that were, uh, what do you call it, manufacturing powerhouses, mm-hmm. uh, you know, with uh, wood and textile, sometimes steel products, but they're struggling. Uh, on the eastern side, if you go to the eastern Bosnia, it is the refugees refugees from the war of 92 and 95 are not, not allowed to come back. The Serbs are making their lives miserable. Um, the fascist forces from the last war in 92 95 uh, are often displaying their muscles and, and force they are there. Um, they're calling the unit just like to for the show, just to remember the old days, just to remind people there of what happened and how it can happen again. So you, you see both, both national and local issues in every, uh, every town hall meeting. 